The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen up. So how are things in your neck of the woods? Are you getting uh, unusual cold temperatures like like a lot of the other parts of the country? Or, or is it pretty normal for this time of year for you guys? No, it's pretty normal here oh, okay. in Nevada, I guess. Yeah. We got a couple of storms a couple weeks ago and then you know it warmed right up right afterwards mm-hmm. so you know and then it uh, just had a light dusting of snow last night yeah i know i mean like i'm in the midwest so you know we're par for the course for this time of year it's cold and snowy and uh especially for february but but you know i, I know that like you know texas especially was hit with like record cold yeah, and yeah. snow and ice and a lot of a lot of southern um you know states had stuff that they weren't prepared for and i just didn't i didn't know if the weather that you guys were having is typical for this time of the year, or if you guys had some unusual weather too, so yeah, it's just the, the the warmness was a little unusual, is all. But sure. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So <laughs> yeah, it's a little warmer than usual. That's uh, I'm sure a lot of uh, Texans would take uh, some unusual warmth right now. So yeah, I got a, a buddy who lives down there, and I think I think his power came back on the other day. But he, oh, okay. But, but when I talked, he was he was like, oh yeah, power's been out for two days, trying to keep the pipes from bursting, and um. Yeah, so just uh, it's just real cold, <laughs> and everything. Yeah, shut down. oh yeah, I, I yeah, I remember when I was in like middle school, so we had like a big ice storm that came through our area, and and just because of so much ice, it like weighed down on the power lines, which caused yeah. you know power failure in our and my parents' house. You know, I mean, uh, we had. We, it was like, I want to say it was like three days where we had no power. So, but but like everything, we didn't go to school or anything. Like the whole town shut down because so much, like the entire, you know, area had no power. So, but I, I remember that like my mom, she cooked a lot because we had a gas oven and a gas stove. So that helped keep like the upstairs warm, you know, just by baking something mm-hmm. or cooking something. Just, I mean, it obviously didn't heat up the whole house, but, you know, just little things like that to keep things warm. And then like me and my brother's like, all slept in like the living room upstairs because it was warmer upstairs and our, our bedrooms were in the basement and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So we haven't had anything crazy, like, you know, that crazy, but, but no, I, I, I know it, it gets a little nuts when you don't have power for several days, with, especially with, like you said, pipes freezing and, you know, things like that. So, you know, if you don't have power, you, you know, you don't really want to even like open the refrigerator and things like that. Cause... I know sometimes we would just keep the, uh, the stuff take it out of the refrigerator and just put it outside. <laughs> that, that's what I was just going to say. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, if it's if it's so cold out that uh, that you lost the power, you could always take your refrigerated items and just put them, in, put them outside somewhere. Yeah, just pile it in the snow. And yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. I remember, uh, you know, we used to, like, we literally would legitimately keep, like, a case of, uh, you know, like our, a case of Pepsi or something, just, like, uh, right outside the back door, you know, the back door or whatever, and when it's getting cold out, because it was usually a nice cold Pepsi. It was colder than the refrigerator mm-hmm. hat most, you know, this time of the year, so. Yeah, growing up, uh, three boys in the house, so we'd get a bunch of milk all the time and, you know, just mm-hmm. you can just uh, keep a gallon of that uh, outside. Yeah, I'm also one of three boys, and we'd do the same thing. We'd always go through milk, milk like crazy, so. <laughs> and then I became lactose intolerant. <laughs> wow! Welcome to Season 6, Episode 8 of the Better Band Podcast, an all-encompassing trip through every song in the Pearl Jam catalog. I am your host, Brandon Palomo. Each episode, a different guest and I go track by track through every album, soundtrack, single, and b-side to discover why you simply can't find a better band.
Welcome back to the Better Band Podcast. This is Brandon today talking about the cover song from the double 1995 fan club single, History Never Repeats, with my guest, Brad Piseki. Bradley Piseki. Bradley Piseki. How's it going? Yep. <laughs> Sorry, All three of them are... All three of them were correct. Trying try, try to give myself a good cut spot so I can edit that together uh, sure. <laughs> better. Whatever you need to do. Uh, well, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad to be back and uh, talking about a uh, non-Pearl Jam song, but that was released on a Pearl Jam uh, Christmas single. Yes, there, there, there wasn't a fan club single for 94, so they released a double. And this is the final song that I have to cover for that. Filling it in now because there's, uh, I, uh, this is the first chance I've gotten to talk to somebody about it. Uh, this was recorded live in Auckland, New Zealand, March 24th, 1995. Eddie is performing with Neil and Tim Finn from, uh, the band originally Split Ends, which, uh, did this song and later from Crowded House. Uh, the song originally is from that album, I'm not going to say this right, uh, Weeta. I believe, is the Maori word for song. Uh, if you bought it in Australia, it's uh, the album's name is Korobori, which is the Aboriginal word for song or music. History never repeats I tell myself before I go to sleep Don't say the words you might regret I lost before song is also or the video for the song was the 12th video played on mtv when it premiered thank you wikipedia <laughs> yeah i i wrote down the same thing that i also got all of that information from wikipedia so a lot, a lot of times uh, talking to people it's like okay uh what what uh, what what research did you do i went to wikipedia yeah me too hey, we all know the same stuff so if wikipedia has it wrong we all have it wrong <laughs> i can go home if that's the better to jump than hesitate i need a change and i the single did you were you a member of the fan club when this came out well uh i was not a member of the fan club when it came out i when this came out i guess it would have been we said like 1995 so i would have still been in elementary school so i was oh, not okay. a member i was not a <laughs> member of the fan club yet but uh over time i was able to i joined the fan club in oh two or oh three i think right out i think for the riot act tour is when i i joined mm -hmm. the club but i'd been i had been a fan longer than that but i it wasn't until then that i joined the fan club but um having said that over time i was able to acquire a copy of the of the fan club single either you know at a used record store or at um ebay or or something like that i don't remember exactly how i acquired it but i do have it i just got it i think last year uh on discogs of course 
and uh, I, I haven't listened to it. I'm still listening to the uh, to the same rip that everybody else probably has from uh, downloading the MP3 whenever you uh, started <laughs> downloading the Christmas singles on, yeah. uh, online or whatever. Yeah, the, the funny part about that is uh, today I actually was like, you know what, I'm going to put the actual record on and listen to the record. But I had been listening, I always listen to the digital version, just like you said, for the longest time. And then today I was like, oh, I'll throw on, uh, I might as well throw it on the, the record player here. I, I spent money on this thing, may as well use it. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, my, um, I had a buddy in school, uh, Steve Larkins, the uh, guitar player we knew who uh, was a member of the Pearl Jam fan club, and he had this single. So I was like, oh, let me borrow it. And I borrowed it and put it on my record player and, you know, of course, uh, dubbed it to tape. Hell yeah. <laughs> sure. Yep. I had lots of cassettes back in the day from, you know, ripped and made mixed tapes and all sorts of compilations and stuff. Uh, so this song, hmm, let's see. It uh, it sounds a little different the way that uh, they do it live than uh, than it sounds on the uh, on the album. The uh, the way that Split Ends does it, right? Yeah, I felt because like I didn't really I I'm not very familiar with Split Ends and I really wasn't before Pearl Jam. I mean, which is probably I bet there's other bands that uh, that have gotten some in interest based on Pearl Jam. But um, uh, but yeah, so Split Ends was someone I wasn't that familiar with. But after hearing this song and the song I Got You, um, I kind of looked into them a little bit. And yeah, they were um, like I said, this song sounds very 80s it has that very 80s feel to it which makes sense since it was the 12th video on mtv um but yeah it sounds a, a little different i don't know if they maybe slowed it down um for uh the live you know just so like eddie and the band could keep up or if it was just by chance or whatever but i, I thought that the live or the album version sounded a little faster a little more just uh i don't say upbeat but yeah, a little faster pace than the than the version that we're familiar with from the Pearl Jam ones. I have I have two different MP3s of it, and they're both kind of a different speeds <laughs> on it, and uh, and and I don't know what speed it would uh, it would sound like when I listen to my record. And then I found a um, one of the old bootlegs for it that's you know audience recording, and it it's a little different speed on it there too. And of course, it sounds crappier because it's uh, you know an audience recording, mm -hmm. but it, it, I think it is definitely slower. Than the uh, than the original, like you said, it's real poppy and '80s. It sounds like there's a a knife stabbing synth part that is just very <laughs> kind of sharp and kind of out of tune a little bit. <laughs> and some uh, arpeggios or whatever gives it kind of a little bit of the uh, old Pete Townsend oh, yeah. feel yes. to it. You see, lyrically, I, when I listened to the song when I was a kid, it really hit me because it's uh, a sort of unrequited love song, kind of. Oh, I didn't take a chance talking to this girl and. I kind of blew it and I don't know. I don't know if his, I don't know if history never repeats is sort of like a positive thing that the, the, the subject of the song is singing to himself. It's like, Oh, well at least I can't oh, mess yeah. up again. 
or if it's like a, oh, I'll never have another chance if it's sort of like a, a, a negative thing. Yeah, I kind of take it as like the second option. But at the same time, I know, especially like, you know, Eddie would always say he, you know, he lets people interpret songs how, how they interpret them. And I think that's uh, kind of smart. You know, everybody takes takes things uh, differently and has different perspectives on stuff. And, you know, and, and the different maybe the different mind frame you're in when you listen to it for the first time, it could alter the meaning of the song for you or or as you grow up maybe songs change meaning for you you know and so um like i said i always thought of it like you said like the second one about like oh i kind of blew it i blew my chance but um but yeah i also think it could be like like you said the uh, you know the positive spin on it as well yeah i think that through the song it kind of changes a little bit too yeah because you know the the um you know don't say the words you might regret i lost before you know i can't forget and um, then at the end, there's a, there's a light shining in the dark, leading me on towards a change of heart. Right, right. Yeah, and he's like, uh, he says, you know, I lie awake with great ideas. So, yeah, it seems like, um, yeah, like the, I guess you'd say the protagonist of the song or whatever, the, the, the viewpoint of the singer or whatever. Yeah, it does, like, there's some maturity and some, uh, um, like, looking towards the future with, um, with, you know, like, open eyes kind of thing and, you know, being excited towards what, what the potential, I should say. And I think it's 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 one of the things I like about doing this podcast and talking to people about it is not only just sort of hearing other people's ideas for what they think songs mean and stuff. And, you know, this isn't a Pearl Jam song, so it's not right. like it's, it's not like something that we might have like dug into a little bit deeper, you know, as we're being a fan of the band and stuff. It's kind of like, oh, you know, what's Eddie saying? What's this? It's like, oh, this is just somebody else. But, you know, Eddie had a connection to it, but sort of, you know, you you listen to it at you know, one point in your life for the first time and you kind of develop uh, feelings and ideas about it and stuff and you kind of go on through your life and you have new experiences and sort of you grow up and you evolve and stuff like that. And looking back, a lot of times, like especially if it's sort of a nostalgic sort of uh, of connection you have to it, like you, your mind won't change about it. But if it's something that you never really had Sort of like, eh, I don't know, it just kind of sounds cool. And then I, you know, I never really paid attention to the lyrics because I wasn't looking through the lyric book or whatever. Or, you know, they didn't have lyrics up online, so I didn't know what the hell he was saying. <laughs> right, right. It was just mumbling, but, you know, and then you can look at it. It's like, oh, I guess it could mean this or this. Yeah, this is one that I, I never had, like, a personal connection with, um, like, even, like, back in the day. And, um you know, and honestly, it wasn't one where I like, you know, like really dug deep into the lyrics uh, too much in the past, you know, but, uh, you know, looked into them a little bit more recently when pre in preparation for this. But yeah, it's like, like you said, it's if, if you come back to it at a later time or a different time in life, it's it could, you know, it affects you differently. So have there been any Pearl Jam songs for you that have sort of changed their meanings over time? Um. Oh sure. Um I uh, a, a really good example is um is uh Black mm -hmm. just because you know it was kind of you know it's a, a song about heartbreak pretty much and um you know and when when I first was in it got into the band I was still very young so I never really experienced heartbreak and uh and so I thought it was oh it's a cool song and then and then, and then I over time I kind of not only say got sick of it but like um but you know it's like oh i hear it on the radio a lot it's played live a lot so then i started getting into more like the deeper songs or the, i'm saying like deeper cuts like more um deeper album songs um and you know and then when it, then when they would play it live and, I, and i'd be at a show or listening to a bootleg it's oh yeah okay well you know this is a classic black uh you know they always do a great job on it live but you know not as excited about it and then over time after you know 
becoming more of an adult and having relationships and stuff it uh i understood the viewpoint of of the uh uh, you know, of Eddie a lot more. And, um, and so it made me like the song even more. And then, and I've gone through ups and downs with it where, you know, some nights it could be my favorite song of, uh, of the show or uh, of the album and other nights, uh, you know, I, you know, lean towards other songs, but, um, but I think that's one that's definitely, you know, changed over time. Are you one of those kinds of people who like kind of want to know what the author of the lyrics, whether it be Ed or Stone or something like that, like what they think the song means or you, or are you just sort of like, oh, it just means this to me. And I don't really think about it. Or, hey, it might not even be, oh, it doesn't mean anything uh, to me. I just listen to it and it rocks and, or, yeah. you know, is kind of slow. And um, I would say I'm one, I'm, I, what I usually do, especially with like, like, like the newer albums, like, you know, like when Gigaton came out, Lightning Bolt came out, and those is I would kind of like, I'd read along with the lyrics, like during my first couple listens to the songs. And, and I would kind of just put my own spin on them kind of thing. I would think like, I assume they're talking about this or Mm -hmm. I feel like this is what they're referring to or what they, um, you know, what they were going through or what they're trying to shed a light on or, or, you know, what viewpoint they're coming from. But, you know, I'm all open to their interpretation as well to the point where it'd be like, Oh, if they were talking they're actually, you know, I thought this song was about, love or whatever oh no that's no this song's you know this song's about a dog oh oh i didn't know that or you know something like that like i'd be i'm more than happy to uh to hear other perspectives and um you know and and like we said or you know we mentioned uh, you know songs could take different meanings depending on the listener or the time of of uh your life when you're hearing it and especially a lot of eddie's lyrics kind of can be you know he has a lot of like I don't say wordplay, but there's just, you know, things he does sometimes that, you know, you could kind of the way he phrases things and mm-hmm. um, can be very interpreted um, many different ways. And uh, and I like that because, like we said, or I keep referring to is it could be uh, many different people could have many different perspectives. So. So, yeah, so it is cool to hear what maybe what they were um intending with their with the lyrics. But uh, I kind of like to form my own opinion first before finding out just so then, you know. I'll have my own attachment to it. Let's see. This was done at a Pearl Jam concert, so I guess this could be technically and you know, fine to be on the on the Pearl Jam fan club singles because I know that a lot of times too, uh, getting on later in in the um, chronology of the singles and stuff, they'll be like, "Oh, hey, somebody showed up at a benefit concert or something like that," or somebody wrote like a solo demo or solo cover or something like that so it's kind of like oh is it really pearl jam it's a member of pearl jam but then you know everybody has their own um um solo sort of stuff that they do and everything like that yeah there was like yeah, there's the one where like bono joined them for rocking on their free world and that made its way on a christmas single or whatever so yeah and like ed has done stuff with other people like showing up at uh, other concerts and stuff like that or, oh, sure. or with the um, yeah. with the Sotero uh, girls school or whatever. They did a, a better man. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was yeah, that was a really good version. I like that song. I actually think that might have been the first Christmas single I got as a member of the uh, 10 Club. I think, oh. I think that uh, that was either the first or the second. I, again, I don't remember what year that one came out and what year I actually uh, had, had, you know, joined or whatever. But that was one of the first ones, I should say. It's first or second that I got. Yeah, I joined somewhere around Yield, so the um, the oh, okay. REM shared one is the first one that I got, and I know that like back in the day in the fan club newsletters and stuff like that, they would still have, like, oh, we still have some of these older ones in stock that you can buy and everything. It's kind of like, oh, wow, and I never right. did it, though. I don't know why I didn't just, like, oh, hey, I'll pay the, uh, 
you know, 15 yeah. bucks to get this double <laughs> one. And, you know, I got to wait until you yeah, know, exactly last right. year yeah. or whatever to pay. I don't know. I didn't even remember. I don't know if I want to <laughs> remember how much it was. I don't think it was. It wasn't too bad. I don't think. Yeah. I can't imagine this one. I know some of the really early ones go for uh, um, a pretty penny, but again, I don't remember exactly how I acquired this one, but it seems to be in pretty good condition. So I either got a, someone, like I said, a used, used record store and they kept good care of it or, or whatever. But um, I don't, like I said, I don't, I can't imagine I paid too much for it. So um, I do know that um, along with this song, uh, I know that Eddie's joined Neil Finn a couple times to play at their shows. uh, You know, according to the Pearl Jam 20 Mm -hmm. book, he showed up a couple times at their, um, either his solo stuff or benefit shows or whatever, whatever there was one in Boston, another one in Auckland. And I have written down another one in Seattle where Eddie joined them to record the song too. So, yeah, it seems like he's only ever doing it with them right. or with uh with neil which is uh mm-hmm. kind of odd because you'll do throw your arms around me which is also mm-hmm. uh one of their songs and his songs and just yesterday i was at the grocery store and they were playing that original uh throw your arms around me at the uh at the grocery store I was like, really? oh, wow, oh that's hey, interesting this is cool yeah it's it's neat to hear because i heard i've heard uh i got you the split ends on the radio before and it's one of those that um that like I originally was basically only familiar with the Pearl Jam version from you know the bootlegs or whatnot, and, uh, and then you hear it on the radio, and it's, oh I know this song, it just sounds a little different, you know, and so it's kind of neat to hear um, when, you, when something like it comes up. And actually, to me, it sounds because I'm more familiar with the Pearl Jam version. That to me sounds like a cover, even though it's the it's the original. So oh wait, no, that's Hunters and Collectors. Damn it, I messed that up. Yeah, you're right. It was it was. Oh um, yeah. What was the song you just said? I got you. I got you. Yeah, that's the that's yeah. that's the song I was thinking of. But it was oh, throw your yeah. arms around me. That is, uh, yeah, that one's Hunter. Yeah, that I heard at the grocery store. <laughs> oh, okay. I was gonna say, I know, I know, I know that the that you know they've done throw your arms around me, and I knew it was by Hunters and Collectors, but I don't know anything about them, so I would not have been been surprised to find out that like, oh, that's another Neil Finn band or something like that. So I, I was, yeah, yeah, I wasn't sure. So um, it's funny because back in uh, two thousand or two thousand one, so, you know, so basically after they started releasing the official bootlegs, mm-hmm. um, I had gotten quite a few of them. You know, um, I I, the, I think the first year they uh, when they started releasing them all, like I said, 2000, early 2001, um, that kind of coincided with uh, my first ever part time job. So for the first time ever, I had disposable income. And so I was able to acquire quite a few of these uh, bootlegs from the from Best Buy or the local, uh, you know, little record store or whatever. So mm-hmm. so I was listening to a whole bunch of them and I had made um, around Christmas time, I had made like a mixed CD of just like. I just called it covers by Pearl Jam and uh, basically different covers that they had covered uh, different songs that they had covered throughout 2000. Um, I tried scouring all the ones I had to find the best version of rocking in the free world or Bob O'Reilly, but um, I only had a handful of covers. So, so then I used, I don't know, Napster, LimeWire, whatever to get, and I had gotten history never repeats and um, throw your arms around me and some of those, some of the other ones. And so, so oddly I had known of, um, you know, I'd had the history never repeats, like we said, the digital version for such a long time before I even had that on on the little record. And I just I knew it more as just uh, like I remember its place on my mix CD, you know, more or less than it was just as a extra little song I had on the computer or something. Yeah, I think um, I, I'm I'm, I'm going to say that I that I got this mixed up because uh, Hunters and Collectors is an Australian band and, you know, Neil Finn's is a 
is a is a kiwi he's new zealand okay. so that's that sounds that's different right. you got to make sure that you uh you tell people that it's different or else the sure i don't know one or two people from australia or new zealand oh yeah uh, probably that listen to me would uh, be oh, upset yeah. i don't know if uh if i have anybody down there that's uh <laughs> down and that uh listens to me and now yeah. i've offended them saying it like that so that's uh <laughs> right well that's okay the the uh, the new zealanders who uh who are listening will enjoy that part so <laughs> Um, let's see. Is there anything else about this? Uh... I will say um, a couple little notes I wrote down was because, you know, reading in the Pearl Jam 20 book, um, when they recorded, uh, when Eddie joined them in 2001 in Auckland, that was what turned into um, was the, the World Collide compilation album or something mm-hmm. like that. And there was members of Radiohead and the Smiths and stuff there. So I don't know. Um, I guess in theory that might have been the version I one of the versions I had heard a long time ago too, but um, uh, you know, I, or I could have come across that at some point. Yeah, that one. I think I saw a video for that version, and that one it looks like there's like kids or something like that he's playing with. Oh, okay. it's like some oh, really okay. young guys, and uh, it is just Ed singing. Yeah, in the in the Pearl Jam 20 book, they said that he joined, and I don't know if it was for that this song specifically, but he had joined um, Neil Finn's son Liam and his band. Oh, okay. So it might have been them, which is also interesting because when I I was fortunate enough to see one of the Eddie Vedder solo shows back in 08 or 09, and Liam Finn was the opening our uh, opening act for Eddie okay. Vedder that night. So that was kind of interesting. But I don't think he joined them to cover any of these songs uh, or any of the split end songs that night. But it was funny too because I remember reading the uh, in the in that book Neil Finn. They said they they tried covering a couple Pearl Jam songs, and they said when they covered Corduroy, it sounded like they said it sounded like quote a dog's breakfast. So I assume <laughs> that means not good. But I, I had never heard that term before. But I thought that was kind of a funny thing that maybe maybe I'll try to work that into conversations going forward. <laughs> it's a real dog's breakfast. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it could be it could be a good thing. Yeah, it's uh, kind of like oh, because you just eat it up real fast, yeah. like a dog eats. Who knows? So it's uh, yeah, yeah. Who knows? I don't. Write know. me in, listeners. <laughs> All right. I don't know if that'll happen, but yeah, there's yeah, yeah. Neil Finn, Tim Finn, Liam Finn. I was like, oh wow. I was like, hey, Craig Finn. Are they really? Right. Oh, wait, right. No, yeah. Uh, no, no. Yeah. He's from Minnesota, I believe. Yeah, I think it's like yeah, because I think the whole city just released an album or something like that. I know there was like a yeah. bunch of things that were showing up online the other day. He, yeah, I, I haven't heard it yet. I was like, well, what the heck. Yeah, but uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed the whole study, and um, 
I've never seen it. Oh, no, actually, I have seen them at a festival one time. But, uh, but yeah, I saw they had a new album come out. I haven't got a chance to listen to it, but I actually I, I intend on listening to it sometime in the near future because I like them enough to give them, give them some more listens. All right, so I think I think we're good. We're we're ready to wrap this up. Uh, so I'm gonna ask you, Bradley. Uh, let's see, where where are you at with Girl Jam in your in your life of of listening to them? Yeah, that's a good question. I um I still you know I still listen to them. Uh, the default radio station on my car is Pearl Jam Radio, and I find myself listening more or less to live stuff or bootlegs. Um, you know when I'm got a hankering for some Pearl Jam. Um, you know, I, I'll still listen to the mm-hmm. albums. I mean, like not even that long ago, uh, I was doing something. I just want to throw background music on and I threw on like binaural and then I listened to like Vitalogy or something like that. And then, um, and you know, but then, uh, you know, the following week I may just decide to throw on a bootleg or some kind of random stuff, but, um, but no, they still, um, you know, they're still my favorite band and they still, you know, mean a whole lot to me and everything. And uh, so I, I'll still, you know, listen from time to time, but um, you know, and I've obviously been listening to Gigaton more than uh, more than a lot of the other stuff, just because it's still still new and still haven't seen any of it live. Uh, you know, along with the rest of the world. But uh, um, but yeah, it's, it's still you know it's, you know, and it's it's one of those things where like you know every time I listen to anything, um, whether it's a bootleg or an album or a single or whatever, do you know I, I you know I, some every now and then I still get like a new appreciation for a song or. Um, or I hear something that I never caught before and, uh, and it, you know, makes me, you know, like it a little bit, you know, a little bit, just a little bit more than I would have or whatever, especially, especially like a live version of a song. If, you know, some, you know, you hear a really good version of a song I never gave uh, much um, appreciation for before, sometimes, you know, opens my eyes a little bit and makes me excited for the, the chance to hear it again or for the first time live and like, oh, you know, really would love to hear, tre- like, I've never seen Tremor Christ live and, uh, one of one of the quote white whales, I guess I could say, is was one of the songs I'm you know would love to hear live, and you know, and then hearing different bootlegs of it, or hearing um, wonderful podcasts like yours covering songs like that, you know, opens up my eyes a little bit too, and then it makes me even more excited for the chance to hear it. So when I do hear it, I might be more, uh, you know, like I said, be more more jazzed for it. Um, so I'm always you know open for uh, to listen to m- more and broaden my horizons a little with with some of these songs that I've heard hundreds and hundreds of times but all it takes is that one time to change a perspective or gain some more excitement are you listening to gigaton more do you think than you were than you were or had listened to other sort of later career albums from them or do you think that maybe you might be listening to it a little bit more than you know you would throw on like lightning bolt after it came on or came out or whatever like that for you know the year after it came out just because you know they had a tour so it's like oh i have a chance to see those songs so you know i may not pay spend as much time with that album than you have with gigaton because gigaton is you know that's that's all we have do you think that that's happened at all or yeah, I would you, say that... you, you always listen to all the albums alone a lot <laughs> yeah well um yeah, usually when they first come out, I you know like I'll that'll be the only thing I listen to for you know for a while actually just listening to it over and over and over again kind of thing just because I really want to get a good feel for the songs and the the album as a whole and you know and whatnot. But um, I just well I remember when Lightning Bolt came out. Um, I mean they went on a tour like right afterwards, and I like I remember mm-hmm. I had gotten tickets to two of the shows, so I you know like I listened like crazy the first couple up until I you know saw them because I wanted to be as familiar with the songs as I could when I was seeing them live and and then probably after after seeing them I went back and listened to the album more just because again different appreciations after seeing certain songs live and whatnot 
And then I probably listen to more bootlegs and stuff because of, uh, you know, because it's always fun to listen to bootlegs. But um, I think with Gigaton, I probably listen to it more than I did with some of the more recent albums, just because of the fact that there haven't been live versions of the songs. So if I want to hear something like Quick Escape or Comes Then Goes or something like that, that's my only option. I can't throw on like, well, let's see, you know, let's listen to the New York version or the Vegas version or the studio version or whatever. It's like you got, you know, one option and one option only for, you know, most of these songs. So probably like the beginning, you know, I mean, it's been almost a year now since it uh, since they the album dropped. And um, yeah. and so, you know, like that first couple that first month or so, I listened to it constantly and, and I still, you know, I'll still throw it on, but um, probably not as, you know, back then it was every day I'd be listening to it or, you know, I'd start it in the morning on my way to work and then finish it on my way home from work or something. And then, you know, and now it's, um, you know, I'll still throw it on from time to time, but I'm not as focused on it as much as I was back then, but it's, it's still, I still like it a whole lot, actually. I'm, and I'm really excited to see it whenever um, the world comes back to normal or at least some semblance of normalcy. And we are allowed to gather again. Uh, it would be fun to see about some of these songs. All right, well, thanks for coming on, Bradley, and catching up, and oh, yeah. we'll talk again. We'll we'll hear you a little bit later on in this season. I think uh, people are going to have oh, to wait sure. and see uh, what we talk about next. Oh, sure, yeah. Hopefully the listeners didn't think uh, this was a dog's breakfast. So, <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, that's a great way to end. The Better Brand Podcast is produced by ListenUpReno.com and Brandon Palomo and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email ListenUpReno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Better Band Pod. I am on Twitter at Brandon P. B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you'd like the job I'm doing here, you can go to ko-fi.com slash Brandon P and leave me a $3 tip. Or give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to tell your friends. If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest Bradley and as always, this is Brandon saying... Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You might remember me from such public service videos as Designated Drivers, The Life-Saving Nerds, and Phony Tornado Alarms Reduce Readiness. I'm here today to give you the skinny on shoplifting, thereby completing my plea bargain with the good people of Foot Locker of Beverly Hills.